It's a very good morning, everyone. It is Monday, August 22. Getting towards the end of winter. Can smell the finals in the footy codes. The Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. And what a final day of the home and away season in the AFL yesterday. It was drama all afternoon. And in the end, the Swans have finished third. And uh, they were a bit unconvincing. Got the job done against St Kilda last night. But they have an epic semi-final against the Premiers Melbourne at the MCG Friday week. Remember, they got the week off before the finals in the NRL yesterday. As I say, a very good morning to you, Loz. At halftime, the Raiders season was just about done and dusted. And then you got to give them credit. They've fought back and won 28-22. And all of a sudden, with Brisbane seemingly combusting as they draw towards the end of the season, the Raiders really in with a shot now. Morning to you, mate. Yeah, morning, Mino. Morning, Clarkey. Um, yeah, it wasn't a great performance by the Raiders, but all they had to do was win to keep their season alive, and they did that. Uh, they play Manly and the Tigers in the remaining two games, so you'd like to think they'll win those games. And then they're relying on one of the other teams that are currently on 28 points to, to lose. You know, I can't see the Roosters losing their two games. Then you've got South and... The Broncos under a bit of pressure as well. So, look, the Raiders, um, you know, first half wasn't great, but they knuckled down to the second half. They got the job done. They move on. Uh, but there was some terrific football played on the weekend. Geez, the heavyweights really put their foot down, the Roosters and the Melbourne Storm. They had massive victories over the Broncos, respectively, and the Tigers. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they just played so dominant. And they were on the front foot. They did everything right. They did everything at speed. And they, uh, you know, you'd say they, they were back. They're back in terms of a chance of making the grand final and possibly winning it against the Penrith outfit. We saw the Sharks just destroy Manly. <laughs> Manly, I think their season's uh, put the cue away. Um, Parramatta hit back, obviously, against the Bulldogs. Um, but, yeah, things are happening nicely uh, in the rugby league uh, world. And teams, I think, are a little bit more optimistic they might be able to challenge Penrith, whereas probably five weeks mm. ago they probably thought that, yeah, they're still a hope. Well, we definitely thought they were still a hope, but we thought that Penrith just, it was theirs for the taking. But, you know, a few little injuries and suspensions for Penrith have put a little doubt um, next to them. But when they get Cleary and Luai and Fisher-Harris back, I'm sure they won't lose nothing. Super Saturday, not so super. 42-6, to six, Eels over the Bulldogs. As Loz mentioned, the Sharks 40-6 to six over Manly. And Clarkie, morning to you, mate. The Wests Tigers Ouch. beaten 72-6 to six mm. by morning, the Roosters. Boys. Morning, boys. Um, morning. Oh, dear. Horrible. I think that's our worst defeat ever. Um, yeah, oh, just tops our season off, doesn't it? Um, you know, embarrassing. Like that's disgraceful. That yeah, is embarrassing. Disgraceful. Yeah, I don't. Um, oh. I, I, you can't even imagine what the players are thinking. And, and I tried to watch um, Brett Kamali in the press conference after the game, but really, he was lost for words. He, he tried to support the players as much as he could, but in that situation, unfortunately, you can't. So, mate, embarrassing is the right word. Um, where do they go from here? You know what? What do you do? Drop the whole team? Like it was? It was horrendous. Mm. So, yeah, not a uh, not a good weekend for any Tigers fans. That's for sure. 
And already on the text line, Josh from Padstow. Hi, boys. My heroes today are all the dart players that went down to Wollongong with uh, Johnny Clayton winning. Great night. My villain is the West Tigers. I'm so close to giving up on my team. If they don't sign Hastings and Adam Dewey, they will lose me. Uh, Thanks, Josh from Padstow, sending that one through. But uh, you look at someone, particularly Dewey, who could attract interest elsewhere. Well, they're already talking about the Melbourne Storm. Um, possibly making a play for Adam Dewey if they lose Cameron Munster. Um, and he's arguably their best player. So they've got a big job in front of them, Tim Sheens and Benji Marshall. But we know that you know teams can turn it around. They can turn it around very quickly if you recruit the right players and you get that mixture of experienced players and, and good young players coming through. But look, what we saw on the weekend was a team that just has decided that their season's already over. But they've got another two games to go. The Roosters played some good football, by the way. Uh, and they're building momentum at the right time. And, geez, it sets itself up for a cracking game down there in Melbourne on Friday night at Amy Park when they take on the Melbourne Storm. I mean, I said on the program last week, you look at the strike in the Roosters' back line, I don't think anyone would have more strike than what the Roosters have. And they've got a hard-working forward pack. They've still got Collins and Takiaho to come back into that team. Um, and I think they're a really good price, to be fair, mm. this weekend against the Melbourne Storm. I know Melbourne were impressive and Munster and Hughes and um, you know, Harry Grant was sensational. But uh, you know, the Roosters are building momentum at the right time of the year. And I think they're as good as any other team that can challenge Penrith this season. And all of a sudden, Para are back up to fifth after GD. <laughs> They are just impossible to follow Parramatta. See how Parramatta go the next two weeks. Big game against Brisbane Thursday night. I mean, Brisbane, they're falling off a cliff, Loz. What's going on there? Brisbane were ordinary the other night. I know Melbourne were very good. And again, this is another game. I don't know whether the market's got this right. They're $1.90 apiece. Parramatta and Brisbane. I would have thought Parramatta would be favourites. But obviously playing back up there at Suncorp Stadium, um, people think that the Broncos will will hit back. But from what I saw the other night, that was a putrid performance. Just a twist in for Para. They're now just slight favourites. $1.80 Brisbane, yeah, $2. I was going to say because Money last night, it was do- yeah, they'll be yeah. coming for Para. I couldn't believe it last night when it was $1.90. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right there. I think the punters will steam into the Eels heading towards that game on Thursday night and then yeah, the big one Friday night, the Storm $1.55, the Roosters $2.45. And I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, yesterday, I've got to say I, I watched quite a lot of the AFL Loz. It was enthralling all afternoon because the Western Bulldogs did their thing and snuck into eight. Carlton have been in the eight all season. I mean, if, if you don't follow that much of the AFL, Carlton are a tortured club like Essendon at the moment. They haven't made the final since 2013. They, they have been in the eight the entire season. They've lost the last four games. The last two weeks, they've lost in tragic circumstances, beaten with 10 seconds left against Melbourne last week. And then they've They've led by 25 points in the mm. final quarter against Collingwood yesterday and been beaten by a point. Basically, it's been two seasons for Carlton. They started the year off 8-2. and two. So their first 10 games, they'd won eight. So their remaining 12 games, they've only won four. And it doesn't matter whether you lose by a point. doesn't matter whether you lose by five points, 20 points, 30 points. Four from your remaining 12 games, when you've set your season up, is a disappointing year. And I know they've come a long way under Michael Voss. But again, they should have been playing final football this year. And it was a cracking game in front of close to 90,000 people at the MCG. I was flicking it over. 
during the day and watching it. And I, I saw a little bit of the third quarter because it must have been half time in the in the league. And Collingwood were behind and Carlton had kicked third, mm. in the third quarter. I think they kicked four or five goals straight. And they looked as though they were on the run. And then I turned it over towards the back end of the game and Collingwood found themselves in front and they hung on. Uh, so it must have been a remarkable game and all reports are it was a remarkable game. But they, they set their season up, Carlton. They've got no one else to blame but themselves. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's going to be... I think Jeff, who calls in, I think he's a Carlton man, isn't he? So, yeah, that's going to be... That's going to take them a few stiff drinks to get over that one, no doubt about that. But uh, it's set up for the finals now in the AFL after that week off. And as I mentioned, the Swans, they take on Melbourne 2v3 at the MCG Friday week. The winner of that has a home preliminary final. And the loser, though, gets the double chance. Jeez, I'll tell you what, Melbourne were very impressive against the oh, Lions. Well, the Lions ruined it for the Swans. <laughs> to lose by 10 goals at home when you're playing for a top four spot, and that's what's propelled Melbourne to second yeah. ahead of the Swans, is that big win, by, and they're, they're ahead of the Swans on percentage. So that's a massive blow. Yeah, a big blow. But the Swans beat Melbourne earlier in the year mm. down there at the MCG against the Demons. Now, you could argue that Melbourne are playing better football. Um, than what they were. But, you know, the Swans still go down there with a chance. Do you like the week off for everyone before the finals? Yeah, It's ridiculous. I think if they're going to have a week off, I think you're nearly better off to have it before the grand final. Totally agree. And give the grand final teams the opportunity to build up Mm. and and to recover and and rest Mm. and possibly get a better game and have the best players available. Rather than... This just evens it up a a lot, I reckon. Nah, you're right. Have the week off before the GF, build it up big time. Mm. And, you know, especially now with the stand-down concussion rule as yeah. well. Yeah, you're going to see players... players miss the grand final so because of So is Tom Papley available for the Swans? Well, you'd think so because it's 12 days, isn't it? It is 12 days. So when, when are they playing? Friday week. Oh, hang on. So that's, that'll be right on 12 days. So is it? Well, that, I suppose the concussion happened at what... Five o'clock in the afternoon, the game's 7.50 yeah, Friday probably. week. So he gets in by two hours. Two hours, yeah. There you go. Because that, that, that would have been a big loss if he didn't play. Oh, he's, he's gun for the Swans. Yeah, yeah, he is a very, very mm. good player. Isaac Heaney, oh, good player. Oh, they've got good players all around the paddock, the Swans. But again, they thought they'd be a bit better yesterday against St Kilda. But again, you just make the finals, get in there, have the week off, get yourself... Right to go. We've seen it before with the Western Bulldogs. I think they've won it and fin- played in the grand final of Bulldogs uh, from outside the top mm. four. So it's possible. Yeah, no, it is possible. No doubt about that. Good scene seeing uh, uh, Josh Kennedy as well, cheering off Dan Hennebury, his old premiership winning teammate there, uh, who's retiring there after a disappointing few years at St Kilda. Just hasn't been able to get his body right, but uh, certainly a great contributor for the Swans, Dan Hennebury. And the Swans are featuring the back pages of the papers today. A double dose of the blood is the headline at the back page of the telly and shaky ground on the back page of the Sydney Morning Herald. Now, also on the back page of the Herald, Tigers may fight Tamo charged to get final fling. And, of course, this has uh, been uh, well documented and spoken about is uh, James Tamo having a crack at the referee, calling him expletive incompetent. He was sent off very late in the piece when they were getting smashed there, the Tigers, on Saturday night. I mean, his remorse was just about immediate. 
but he's been given a two-match ban and no contract next year. That would be a sad way to go out if that, in fact, eventuates for James Tamo. But uh, I can't see him getting a downgrade, Loz, for this. No, I, I don't think you can, Mitter. I, I think once you've said those words to an official and you've been sent from the field, the only option is for the governing body to support you and that will be to confirm that James will spend the next two weeks on the sideline. He's come a long way, Jimmy Tamu, uh, as a leader, and it was just frustration on the weekend. He owned it in the press conference. He put his hand up. He said that, you know, whatever punishment is coming his way, he'll accept. Um, I don't know whether it'll be the end of his footy career. Possibly in the NRL it will be, but over there in the English Super League, if he's prepared to go over there and play. But it's a sad way for a guy who's played over 300 games Mm. in the NRL to finish. But at the end of the day, he's done the wrong thing and you can't talk to officials like that. Also back page of the telly, Oliver Twist on loan Tiger reveals sobering gap between clubs. And this is the issue for the Tigers, Clarky. They've got these players who've left the club and two of them on loan at the moment. Luciano Leilua, who was one of their best performances, uh, performers, off to the Cowboys, uh, obviously thriving there as they're heading towards premiership contention. Then you've got Oliver Gildart, who hasn't been able to get a, get a game for the Tigers recently, going over, enjoying himself over at the Roosters. You've got David Nofaluma falling in love with rugby league again down at Melbourne. Mm. I mean, these, these, these are awful signs for the Tigers. And that's, this yeah. is the problem. You can have your $78 million centre for, for excellence, but the vibe in the club is not attractive for you know, attracting talent at the moment. No, there's nothing good about what's happening at the Tigers at the moment. I think, you know, from start to finish, at the start of the year or three quarters of the year, the talk's been about, you know, the coach. Um, we've got past that, and then we're having our worst performance uh, in, our, in the club's history. So, yeah, there's nothing positive at all that's come from this year, you know. But, again, I think... You know, we're, they've, they've relied or, or backed Tim Sheens and, and Benji Marshall to, to get hold of the club and turn things around. Um, when does it start? You know, uh, even you know, I, I've actually felt sorry for Brett Kamali the, the other day. Just listened to him in the press conference. He he doesn't know where he sits. He doesn't know what to say. Um, unfortunately, you know, you, you, and we've said it a million times, you can have 40 different coaches. It, it, it comes down to the players. The performances have been horrible the entire season. Um, and the problem is we're not getting better. I think that's going to be, you know, all the fans concerned that no matter what we seem to be doing at the moment, we're getting worse, if that's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, also in the papers, back page of the Herald, more stars set to follow Warner on BBL return. So it's official, Pup. David Warner's signed with the Sydney Thunder. Two-year deal in the Big Bash. Cricket Australia now has to make a call on whether to overturn his leadership ban. They're going to be forced into this because Warner wants to have an open or an honest conversation with the board. Pat Cummins has once again backed David Warner's return to to leadership recently, something you've been uh, pretty vocal about as well. And, uh, well, it'll be fascinating to see how Cricket Australia handles this. Yeah, look, uh, my opinion hasn't changed. I think if if it's okay for Steve Smith to be back in a leadership role, then to me it's okay for David Warner and Cameron Bancroft. Um, You know, the three of them have uh, done their time. Um, We've forgiven them. And, you know, to me, whatever the rule is, whichever way you go, it needs to be consistent. So if they're allowing Smitty to have that leadership role, then, like I say, it should be the same for Davey Warner, in my opinion. If they don't want Davey, then they shouldn't have allowed it for Steve Smith. I don't, I don't see 
I don't see any difference here. I, re- I really don't. So, yeah, I-, I think they'll give in. I think they'll have to. I just think the the pressure of, um, you know, the-, the fact that there's different rules for different players, I think that's going to be hard for them to um, try and explain to to Davey firstly, but also to to the public. Um, and, again, they want him a part of this the BBL, BBL stuff. So seems like they'll do whatever it takes to, to make that happen and maybe him, you know, t- taking a leadership role at, Sydney Thunder is going to be a big part of that. And also on the back page of the Australian, Payne poised for first-class comeback after secret sessions with Tasmania. Uh, Tim Payne, gosh, remember him. Didn't he fall off the... Oh absolutely fall out of... Uh, out of, well, everything to do with cricket, it feels like, after that so-called sexting scandal last year. They didn't offer him a contract, though, did they? I thought Tassie declined um, a contract for him. I think a he state might be contract. right. Yes, yeah. but uh, so he must be, he must be training with them, um, with no contract. Mm. Yeah, no, he doesn't have a contract with Tassie at the moment, but he's uh, been given permission, according to this report in the Australian, to join pre-season training. Mm. Uh, and uh, you know, obviously, it was an unsavoury incident for Tim Payne, but you know, Cricket Australia did investigate it two years before, oh, and he that, was only suspended yeah. when he. When it became public, yeah, so amazing. yeah, it's uh, it was you know, despite obviously the indiscretion, it was sad to see it transpire the way it did. Yeah. Um, now, overnight, Loz very elegant has run over in France, failed to beat a runner home. The Melbourne Cup winner. Repeat that for me, please. Failed to beat a runner home in a Group One in its European debut in France. Uh, it was over the two thousand metres. Uh, jumped around midnight, five minutes to midnight. And uh, the great mare, I'm just seeing with Tab, jumped uh, Frankie de Tori in the saddle, by the way. And uh, with its French trainer. Now, $3 favourite was sent out with Tab. And uh, didn't beat a runner home. So there was only a field of seven in this group one over the 2,000 metres. There was a late scratching as well. So, unfortunately, an unhappy start. Yeah, yeah, that's not a great start for her over there, Mido. I think we're all expecting her to run uh, a lot better than what she obviously has done. And the market suggested that she was going to run okay as well. But to not be to run her home, geez, that wouldn't have happened too many times in her career, would it? No, no, not at all. <laughs> not Especially at all. the last couple of years. So no, that's a disappointing result for, for all connections. Um, no doubt we'll find out. Whether there was anything wrong with her, but hopefully she'll improve on on that run, Mido. But that's disappointing. I'll tell you what was a good run, Enamo. He's a good horse. He's too good. He's a good horse. I can't remember who used to text in saying he was the best colt basically the last twenty or thirty years. But uh, Godolphin have taken the punt not to send him to stud, which is great because we lament all these crack colts going to stud very early. Godolphin said, "No, we want we want to race as well." And uh, that was certainly justified in the, that performance in the Wink Stakes on the weekend. Uh, so that's his fourth Group 1. So the Wink Stakes won the Rose Hill Guineas, of course, back in the autumn. The Caulfield Guineas last spring. And the Sires, after he ran second in the Golden Slipper uh, behind Stay Inside uh, back in 2021, March of 2021. He's had some very, very close seconds. You, you talk the Golden Rose, uh, when he was beaten by in the Congo. Uh, the Cox Plate, famously, of course, in that protest with State of Rest and also the Ramwick Guineas just behind Converge. 
in that one. So four group ones could have had more, but gee, there were some good runs at the race as well. We've got a great spring coming up. Fairgood was superb from the back uh, with the speed against her. She's going to be, she'll be winning a group one this prep on the, almost no doubt. And Profondo, um, awesome run. Wide the trip, ran third. Uh, There were some other good runs there as well. But how'd the multi go? No, good. The bear. The streaks. Ah, too much to bear. Too much to bear. Was too much to bear. Yeah, the bear let us down. Three wide. Anyway. (laughs) Who are we blaming? (laughs) I'm not blaming myself, put it that way. Yeah, no. You need a scapegoat. Yeah, you need a scapegoat. Heroes and villains this Monday morning. Give us a call. 13.53.53. Hundred dollar gift card to give away, as well as a case of the Saint and Sinner alcoholic kombucha. The text line zero four one nine seven six seven two seven two. Lozo, what do you got for us? Uh, well, my heroes, Mido, are the way that the Roosters and the Melbourne Storm dismantled their oppositions on the weekend. I thought they played some tremendous football, um, and I think you know they they flex their muscles and, and sort of said to the rest of the comp, you know what, don't forget about us. We're building a bit of momentum at the right time. And then they play each other on Friday night, which will be a cracking contest. So, well done to those two teams. And my villain, it's the Essendon Footy Club, their treatment of their former coach, Ben Rutten. Look, I think that the decision to remove Rutten, I think it's the right one. Mm. But the way they went about it and the way they handled it was very, very poor from a professional organisation, in my view. Even he said, I probably think I deserve better. Oh, look, I, Which, I, I felt oh, that sorry right. for him after the game. He was oh in God. the dressing shed and you could see he had tears in his mm. eyes and people were giving him the last rights. They were coming and giving him a hug and the players supported him. And, and look, if, if they were going to make a play at Alistair Clarkson, I, I think they had to. But they needed to do it with a bit of decency as well. And they just didn't do that. Mm. And, and I thought the way they handled it was extremely poor. And Alistair Clarkson on Friday was announced as North Melbourne coach on a five-year contract. So that's a huge coup for the team that finished with a wooden spoon this year. Yeah. But, I mean, what, what, what about even entering the race for Alistair Clarkson at the final moment? Like, what type of club do they think they, were, like they are? Like, you just can't go, oh, well, we've known about this bloke being off contract for a while. We'll step in at the last moment and try and mm. and get him. I mean, they're not a club, a destination club at the moment. Like, they're, they're struggling as much as all the others that have missed the finals this season, Essendon. And they're a big footy club. And they should be operating a lot better than what they have been throughout this pro- process because they've been amateurish. Apparently, uh James Hurt, Essendon legend, is going to put his name or go through the, the process. Well, I don't know whether James Hurt would be, be the right coach at this stage. But what I would like to see, I'd like to see James Hurt get another opportunity at some stage. Mm. Clarkie, what do you got for us? Heroes, Melbourne Storm, unbelievable. Um, villains, West Tigers, disgraceful. Pretty yeah, simple. My the, weekend. They're the obvious villain, aren't they? But uh, I've also got Brisbane teams on Friday night who, on a huge night for the city there in Queensland, both the Lions in front of a packed house at the Gabba and the Broncos in front of 40,000 plus, I think there was 42,000 or 46,000 at Suncorp, laid an egg, a big egg, both sides. 
particularly filthy at the Lions because their 10-goal loss to the Demons ensured that uh, Melbourne leapt the Swans to finish second. And we'll host that final, of course, on Friday week at the MCG. Gee, that's going to be a big game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was an ordinary night for those two Brisbane sides, Lotha. They're my villains. Yeah, not... Rightfully so. Yeah, not great. I, actually, I, I ran into Corey Oates and Gene Miles last night on the Matty John show. And I had a, had a bit of a, a chat to them after after the show. And Corey was just saying how disappointed they were in their performance. But he also said that that Melbourne, he said, they just got on a roll and we just couldn't stop them. He said, Harry Grant was just a phenomenal performer. He said, out of dummy half, we just couldn't control their ruck. And I said to him, I said, oh, do you reckon they can win without Pappenhausen? And he said, yep. <laughs> yeah. Just no... Just no doubt. No he just doubt. went, yep. Because yeah. he's... Uh, Gene Miles is his father-in-law. Gene Miles is his father-in-law. Yeah. yeah, it was great to see Gene. Mm. What a wonderful player Gene oh. Miles was. I think we forget about some of the greats of the past. And I was actually talking to Nathan Hindmarsh. <laughs> I'm name-dropping here. Hindy. <laughs> and Hindy couldn't remember Gene Miles' play. And I said, mate, do yourself a favour. Go and Google him. Because... When you see some of his highlights, he was a wonderful player, and he's up there with one of the game's greatest ever centres. Yeah, because he was a oh, big, he was big, big body and powerful. Too, when he, he and Mel Meninga are in the centres, oh, what a handful! That was a handful for any opposition. Just two big guys with so much power and skill coming at you. But Gene Miles with Wally Lewis, that was uh, they they were wonderful times, and and it was good to have a arm with him. And you forget how big he was. Because he'd be 6'3", six, 6'4", six, Gino, and such a big man. Mm. He'd get ho- big hands, massive hands. Just carried the ball in one hand, carried it like a basketball, just throw it over the top. Dizzy's a good player. Mm. Actually, more than a good player. He was a great. Uh, my hero is the final day of the AFL home and away season yesterday. I think it's the most AFL I've watched all year in one day. It was, it was enthralling all afternoon. And uh, yeah, went right, right down to the end to decide the final spots there last night. And the Swans sink killed the match too with the Swans winning by 14 points to finish third. But uh, give us a call, 13.53.53. Uh, guys, not sure if you mentioned it yet. Sam Burgess's team that he coaches, the Arara Valley Axemen, won their semi f- yesterday 60 nil, And will host the grand final at their home ground in a couple of weeks. Incredible effort uh, considering... They weren't even in the comp last year with no team, says Ben of Brisbane. So there you go. He's off, obviously, back to the Bunnies soon, isn't he? Yeah, that's been confirmed. Sam's going back to the Rabbitohs. Sure it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, yeah I'm sure we read about it uh, a couple of weeks ago. And what a great way to start your coaching career, going up there. And, you know, I know it's only bush football, but you've still got to be able to to get your side to perform well and to win a semi-final by 60 nil, and then you've got a grand final at home. So well done to Semi, and hopefully you'll make a good fist of it because he's a good fella. Um, certainly one of the, the greatest Englishmen to come out here and play our game and revered in the rugby league world, in particular at South Sydney, and the heroics on grand final day in 2014 with a broken cheekbone early in that contest. I think it was the first hit-up of the game, wasn't was. it? First hit-up mm. of the game. Uh, and then to lead South to that premiership, what amazing performance. Uh, morning, boys. Heroes Leon Edwards in the USC landing a last-minute head kick to send Kamaru Usman to the shadow realm after being wrestled out of the fight for the first four and a half rounds. A villain definitely Bunnies fans who sent death threats to Jackson Paulo. 
Uh, I'm ashamed to be a fan from Boy Bunny and well said, Boy Bunny. Firstly, a hero. Did you see that yesterday, Clarky? I didn't, mate. Oh. No, I haven't seen. Uh, I haven't even seen the highlights of it. It was his first it, loss. Yes, yes. Usman's first loss, and he dominated. He was headed for victory. Minutes ago, and the best kick, kick you've ever seen. It was, really? and it was just lights out. Oh my god! Yeah, left left kick straight to the the mush. All so, over Red Rover. I'll tell you what I did see last week, and it was doing the round on socials. There was a guy up on the Gold Coast, and he's a martial arts man, an mm. MMA fighter. And two young guys picked him. Oh, so this is just out on this the street? This is just out on the street. Okay. And he's trying to walk away going, <laughs> no, boys, no, no, no. And anyway, they got their shirts off and they're, you know. Giving it to him. Giving it to mm. him. And then they came to attack him. You know the rest oh. of the story. <laughs> you know the rest of the story. It didn't end well, didn't for, the end two, well for them. The two blokes, yeah. <laughs> okay. You shouldn't laugh, but no. they were at fault. Yeah. They were at Self-defense. fault. Self-defense. They were provoking they him. They were provoking him, yep. and he's sort of going, boys, get away. Go, go, go. But they kept coming. And, you know, we never, ever advocate stinks on the street. But, no. But it's sometimes it's the blokes you never assume to be any good at you know putting your hands up that sometimes are the best that's exactly right but i I saw it on social media uh, last week and again he was just sort of trying to walk away and he's sort of telling them to go away but they just kept coming and coming and then in the end he had to deal with them and dealt with them he did dealt with them he did Uh, ukraine's alexander uchik as well beat anthony joshua by split decision in saudi arabia in the their heavyweight world title match so joshua uh, picked up Usyk's belts and dropped them out of the ring as well. Had a bit of a tanty post-fight, but uh, Usyk's now hopefully going to fight Tyson Fury uh, next. But just on that villain uh, that uh, Boy Bunny sent early as well, Jackson Barlow uh, receiving death threats on social media, and uh, I think he's going to go to the police as well, and I hope he does. Cause well, you have to. Th- honestly, these low lifes. Seriously, how tough are you? Sitting there just making comments on social media. I mean, seriously. Yeah, well, you certainly got to take it to the police. I mean, there's no no other option. I mean, when you're receiving death threats, regardless of whether it's on social media or any other form of or media platform, you've you've got to go and report it. And there's no place for it in sport. I mean, he's out there doing his best. If he makes a mistake, he's made a mistake. Everyone makes mistakes, you know. And I just can't get my head around how vicious some people can be. And how nasty they are. And this is more than being nasty. This is a personal threat against someone that all he is doing is out there doing his best. And unfortunately, he did make a couple of errors. You can be critical of that. But to start putting death threats on someone, not on. Yeah. We've got Sean on the line. Morning, Sean. Morning, guys. How are we today? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks, mate. you got a hero. Mate, mate my villain is absolute team with Jack Rapolo. That's just... Mate, I'm a South fan, as you know, and to do that is absolutely disgraceful. Yeah, there's no... Uh, I just hope they're found, made example of charged. I mean, the authorities have got to be... Like, especially the the government, um, the social media, you know, yep. proprietors, etc. They've They've got to be able to identify these people and make mate, them accountable. I, I, I hope they find them. They throw, they throw the book at them, and they're South supporters... The membership gets thrown, pulled out front of the bin, they're banned for life. Simple as that. 
But yeah. the kids made errors. Like every player makes errors. Uh, at the end of the day, we would have to win the game. As simple as that. We've made too many errors ourselves. So. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly right, Sean. Kids. We all make errors in our daily life. A hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent, Loz. You know yourself, mate. You play, you play first five years, mate. Mate, it's going to happen. It happens to everyone. No one ever plays a perfect game. No one ever has, <laughs> mate. No one has. No. no chance. No, no one. And, mate, my hero is Jackson Paula discovering himself and going to pop and getting these guys found with, with, with the trails backing him up, mate. Good on him. No, so, if they find him and ban him, mate, it's going to be a bunch of bigger assholes in your life, I reckon. It's terrible. No. You know, like to do that, you know, keep. Uh, I think I think we're all in agreement there, Sean. Appreciate the call, mate. Thanks, mate. Uh, we've got John. G'day, John. G'day, fellas. How you going? Oh, oh John, God. I'm feeling for you. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a villain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, just quickly, fellas, listening to uh, what you're talking about, these, these idiots on social media, I'd go a step further, fellas. I'd get these blokes somewhere in a public place in front of the people that they are trying to hurt on social media being keyboard cowboys and just film them. Watch them go to water when they're face-to-face with oh, these yeah. people that they hide behind uh, putting in this vile rubbish that they go in on a, on a daily basis. Mm. So it's disgusting. Yeah, it is disgusting. No doubt. What do, go for it, John. What about your hero and villain? It, mate, heroes... Collingwood, mate. I'm a, I'm a bit of a Collingwood fan, and I've, I've what a fantastic season. How ice cool is Jamie Elliott? Oh, he's one of the best straight kicks in the game, isn't he? Wow, yeah, absolutely sensational again yesterday. Like, and it's been a fantastic ride. I'm really looking forward to the AFL final series. John, you know what I like about Collingwood, and again, I haven't seen a lot of them play this year, but they're willingness to compete until the final siren. And even last week against the Swans, when they were beaten, they, they came at the Swans hard and the Swans repelled them. But they were down yesterday in that third quarter. And yet they found a way to get themselves back off the canvas and win. And they've done that a number of times this season, haven't they? Uh, it's, it's incredible. They've, Laurie, they've just got this absolute belief in their game plan and, and what they... Just go forward all, all the time, and it's, uh, it, 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 it's really marvellous to watch. It's, for the first time, actually, is, you can see they normally decide that everybody hates, but they're now decide that basically everyone's second team at the moment. It's, it's fantastic. Well, the other thing is, if you're supporting them, I mean, you're never giving up hope. Like, I mean, if, you, no. if your side usually get, you know, gets behind, and, you've, and they were sort of dominant in that first half and then the third quarter, which they talk about being the premiership quarter, they lost all momentum, but that's a sign of a great team where you can come back from losing that momentum in the last quarter and kick and win in a tight game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 they've been brilliant, mate. I really enjoyed it. Uh, well, you know who my villains are. <laughs> yes. So I'm, just, so I'm going to throw in the NRL with them because they should be applying the mercy rule. We're <laughs> tough enough, man. <laughs> like, honestly, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know what to say about them anymore. So really? Center of excellence. They got the barber. <laughs> the most damning thing. Yeah. Yeah, they got the barber shop, so we'll be right. Yeah, the most damning thing is what you mentioned earlier, fellas, about um, the players that are leaving there, like Nossa. And, and, and look at uh, uh, look, uh, Luciano Lua, the way he's going up the Cowboys. It just mm. tells you what 
the big question is, why is it players join good players join that club and lose their weight? Players leave that club and start to sell. That that tells you about the culture of the club. Big job for your old coach Tim Sheens next year, Loz. Big job, massive Huge. job. But I, I got faith in that was the best decision. I, I, again, people will be critical, but I, I think the Tigers at this point in time need a, an experienced guy like Tim Sheens that will roll with the punches. He's not going to get frustrated. He's going well. He will get frustrated, but he's not. He's not going to, going to second guess himself. He's he's got a plan. And he'll follow that plan and take the hits along the way. And then he'll set it up for Benji to take over. And I, I think that's the best way forward for them, the Tigers. Good on you, John. Thanks for the call, mate. Daniel, morning. Morning, boys. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, mate. Who's your hero? Uh, I've got the Panthers as my hero. They're, uh, they're my team. So good to see them get another minor premiership, even without Cleary, Blue Eye, Fisher, and Edwards obviously out last week. Um, for the production line just to keep rolling on. I reckon I've got a new favourite player. I reckon Dylan Edwards is nearly... Mate, from, from where he was two years ago, he couldn't catch cold. Yeah. And now probably being one of the... or probably one of the standout fullbacks uh, in the comp this year, so... Jeez, oh, geez, I love players like Dil, Dylan Edwards that just... They're, they're not the most skillful player, but you know what you're going to get with them every week. And he doesn't run sideways either, was he? No. Gets the ball and just goes forward. No, he's not I, a big kid. No, no, he's goes not. Bang and takes it on. No, I got, I got that much respect for that that bike. I, I think he's a tremendous footy player. Now, my villain. So, I'll just go through the story. Every week, I just put five bucks uh, on a multi of. I just try and pick uh, like a perfect round in the AFL and the NRL. Yep. I picked the perfect round in the NRL this week, and. Then I had a perfect round in the AFL by the fact that I went for the value and put North Melbourne in over the Suns. Oh. So off five bucks, they cost me just over seven and a half grand. Oh, that's Ouch. a blow. But I guess well, the you, one, uh, they, they did get beat pretty convincingly, didn't they? But I could, yeah, They got smashed. I could understand crap. your thinking. Oh, the Alistair Clarkson effect? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah maybe they'll be up and about yeah. trying to impress the new coach. No, nah, nothing. So, <laughs> good on you, yeah. Well done. Okay, good on you, Daniel. Hard luck with uh, your multi there on the weekend, but uh, you're not the only one. Not oh, the so, multi, yeah. yeah. yeah but too much to bear, mate. It was too much to bear. That's what happened. Three in a row. The streak ends at three. The streak did end, Mido, but I'll be back. On the text line here, Morning Boys Heroes, the ex-league players who are pushing the knock-on effect program across the state, trying to impart their knowledge on the youth of Newcastle about making the right choices. Andrew Ryan, Tim Brasher, Beaver Menzies, Marco Mealy, spreading the word amongst others. And villains, death threats are out of order at any time. For players doing their best to be receiving those type of messages is so far out of order. Andrew Jones called it well when he said they are keyboard warriors who would not have the kahunas to front up and say it's a people's face. Cheers, Al. Uh, Group 19 prelim final yesterday. The Boree Boomerangs came from 30 to 12 down to kick a field goal in the final minute and beat the Inverell Hawks 31-30. So the Boomerangs play the Narwan Eels in the grand final next Sunday. There you go. Well done to the uh, Moree Boomerangs there. I suppose all the country footy comps at the moment would be in semi, well and truly in semi. Yeah, they'd stage. be starting to heat up, Mido. So 
congratulations and well done to everyone that's made those semi-finals and good luck for the rest of the season. Uh, but that knock-on effect is a good program that New South Wales Rugby League run, Mido. Um, it's about you know talking to, to youth about making right decisions before they jump behind the wheel of a car and we know how dangerous that can be and um, you know, some silly and stupid mistakes we all have made as, as teenagers. Uh, but sometimes you just make that one error and it can be fatal. Um, so I think that, you know, in particular, the school kids listen to a lot of what the league players and ex-rugby league players say, and um, they're, they're doing a fantastic job. And I, I saw it on, it must have been the footy show yesterday on Channel 9. Uh, they did a piece on it. It was really well done. Uh, also here, we've got uh, Morning Legends, my heroes, the Sharks, for smashing their brookie hoodoo. My villain is the Rotten Souths fans for turning on their own. Garbage by them, Powie from Coffs Harbour. Uh, villain Manly, a club defi- divided, will always be defeated. Hero, the young lady who won the first at Sydney on Saturday, her smile lit up the room. Cheers, uh, Mick. Tash Burley's horse, wasn't it? Yes. about uh, Amy? Amy McLucas. Lucas, yes. Yeah, it was about $31 too. Yeah, it was, yeah. And uh, someone wasn't was, on it. Nah, nah. I had something else. How'd you else. go, by the way? Uh, well, oh, it was a character building afternoon, yeah. Loz. <laughs> character building. Get I out got stakes. out. I got get out. out stakes. Yes. It was. It was the classic. I'm going to go hard late to get out, and uh, I, I was actually at um, at a venue where Will Friedman was at. Yep. And he had a horse in the sixth at Newcastle, Engpo, and they were very confident. Right. So, because I was in trouble early on yeah. Saturday. And what about Stanley? Stanley, you know? Yeah, he was there. There was. Yeah, uh, was there he performing on Saturday, Stanley? Yeah, he was. In, he was in very good form. How many tips did he give out, and how many were successful? Ah, uh, well, there were a lot going out. I saw well, a lot of high fives at one point. One that I wasn't <laughs> right. on. Yeah. So, uh, no, I didn't get involved in the high fives like you do. Yeah. I high five um, some days, even if I'm going ordinary. <laughs> Just to make me just feel a little part bit, of it. yeah. And I just Perception. want the other tables to know that, or think they know that, geez, they're having a bit of success. <laughs> oh, it's the first proper bit I've had for ages, though. And it, oh, gee, did what, you sweat? The ebbs and flows <laughs> of Sunday afternoons punting. There's nothing oh, no. like it. I remember it was a great t- TK always used to say, "It's not a bet unless you sweat." Oh, it is. <laughs> That's exactly right. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. Now our overnight results in the Premier League leads. Oh, Mossy, he's copping plenty on the text line. He predicted Leeds to be relegated. Well, they've beaten Chelsea 3-0 overnight at Ellen Road. Uh, Brighton have gone to West Ham and won 2-0 in London. Newcastle and Manchester City, 3-all. Six-goal thriller at St. James's Park, and City came from 3-1 down in that game. Manchester United hosts Liverpool at Old Trafford tomorrow morning. Uh, now, very elegant overnight has finished last in uh, the Group 1 in Deauville in France in its European debut, the Melbourne Cup winner. In MotoGP, Aussie Jack Miller has finished third in the Austrian GP. Francesco Bagnaia uh, beat Fabio Quartararo, Miller filling the podium there. Uh, yesterday in Supercars, by the way, Shane Van Gisbergen had back-to-back wins at Sandown, so he's 500 points clear now of Cam Waters in the, in the championship and, uh, well, he's got 16 race wins this year, so it looks like he's headed towards another title, SVG. And in the golf this morning, the final round of the BMW Championship 
in the FedEx Cup playoffs on the PGA Tour and American Scott Stallings and uh, compatriot Patrick Cantlay are both 12 under par. We're on the back nine here. And uh, they're one shot clear of Xander Shoffley, who's uh, 11 under par. Now, Adam Scott scrolling down. He's tied for seventh. And he's one over through 13 holes today, the Aussie. So he's nine under par for the tournament, three shots off the pace. He started the day two shots off the pace. Lucas Herbert shot a two under 69 to finish seven under par for the tournament. So he's currently tied for 16th. And Mark Leishman tied for 28th. He shot a one under 70 to finish four under par. But Heroes and Villains this Monday morning. Jamie Rogers, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, guys, and good morning to all of our listeners. How was everyone's weekend? Very good. Yeah, Very good, Jay. Yeah, not yeah. too bad. Yeah, it was nice with the, the sun out. Um, well, boys, plenty happening in the sports world, and I will do the weekend used to know later on in the show. But my villain is the same as you, Lozo. Can't go past Essendon, who sacked their coach, Ben Rutten, who was contracted for next season. But as we all know, he had been on shaky ground in recent weeks. And just the whole way that they handled it, they openly and unsus- unsuccessfully chased Alistair Clarkson and that new president apologised on Friday for not notifying Rutten of Essendon's pursuit of Clarkson, which all of that was just a mess and just such a cruel thing to do to any human being. But he took them to their finals in their first year of his coaching role. And and yes, this year has been poor, but he's two years into his coaching career and they've gone and done that to him. And Essendon will now search for their third coach in four seasons. I don't know who in their right mind would put their hand up for that role, but they are looking like James Hurd is sort of in the front-running position to take over, but it just seems like such a dysfunctional place, and yeah, just that poor treatment of poor Ben Rutten. Such a big club, though, isn't it? Oh, it's a massive it? club. Huge. Yeah, I, Huge. I like Essendon too. Massive I like. history. Yeah, they've got a great uh, supporter base. Mm. Uh, you know, they've, they've they've had some fantastic success, but I, again, I, I had no issue with them. If you know, six or eight weeks ago, they said to Rutten you know what, we got this coach on the market and we're going to go and have a crack at him and, you know, we, we're just being up front with you that if we can get him, we're going to go hard for him and, you know, this might be the end of your coaching career But to, well, here at Essendon, but just to drag him through the last couple of weeks the way they had, they've, they've made him look like an idiot. Oh. Mm. I will say that the new president, Dave Barham, I've had a very small amount to do with and he's a professional quality operator. So hopefully, I oh know he's... Because he, he came in and had to deal with that yeah. at the last yeah. second's notice last week. He he is a quality operator. Yeah. So I think he will, he, he will well, he put needs in place to ref- good systems reflect, there. I Essendon. suppose, on what the board have done mm. because they didn't handle it great at all. Mm. No, it was terrible. And even yeah. Rutten said he deserved to be treated better by the club. So disappointing way to see someone be treated. Who's your hero, JR? I don't think anyone will be overly surprised by this hero, but the Roosters for their handling, sorry, Clarky, of the West Tigers, <laughs> giving them their biggest loss in club's history at 72-6, to scoring five tries in 22 minutes. And I think, Laws, their first half performance, 
this is just on my opinion, I thought was completely faultless. It was 30 to nil at halftime. And you that you could have thought that maybe they might sort of put the brakes on because they thought that they were leading by so much, but they just continued to go at the Tigers for that full 80 minutes, I thought. And the Tigers just had absolutely no answers. Nat Butcher scoring four tries. And they just looked like such a well-oiled machine, which I think is really exciting. They've won six straight as we head into that pointy end of the season. Oh, tremendous performance from the Roosters. Anytime you put 70 on an opponent, mm. regardless of what the opposition are doing or where they're running, uh, that's a, a great achievement. They're still not at full strength, mm. either the Roosters. So they're just building momentum. They've got such a dangerous back line. They've got uh, you know, a hard-working forward. They've got a bit of depth. Um, and they're, they are. They're, they're, they're timing their run to perfection. But, but a big game this weekend when they take on the Melbourne Storm down there in Melbourne. We'll learn a lot more about these two teams because Melbourne uh, went through a bit of a rut, but they look as though they're starting to, to get their act together. One change or two changes with Melbourne have really worked for them, I, I, I believe, is one Munster going back to fullback, but also Big Nelson going to the right edge. I think he's damaging as a right edge back rower. Defensively, he's still got a few little issues there. But as a right edge back rower, what I think is. Melbourne look far more an attacking threat with him there rather than Kafusi. Now, I know you're not going to drop Kafusi, but it'd be something I'd think about tinkering with. Just a point of difference. Just, just a point of mm. difference. And you've got Big Nelson running at halfbacks. Oh. Right. Hard enough for the biggest blokes to handle. Yeah. Little well, you've got Keery and... and um, Sam Walker this weekend, and, and they'll have a challenge on their hands trying to stop him. JR, good stuff. Thanks so much. We'll be back with the news at 7 o'clock now on the text line. Boys, amazed this hasn't been mentioned yet. Heroes and villains, hero. Uh, Raiders come back against the Knights. Villain, Dane Zorko, for his comments about D's player Harrison Petty's mother. Now, according to Shimo... Uh, Zorko's mother, uh, sorry, Petty's mother suffering from cancer and saying he hopes she dies. Appalling behaviour. So this is, uh, so the report is that this, so there were emotional scenes at the end of the game the other night. I, 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 saw, I saw that. Mm. So apparently, I, I don't know the background, but the, the comment that was directed, according to reports, at Harrison Petty's mother. I'm, I, I'm not sure what her predicament is, whether it was just, whether it was a pointed comment or whether it was just said randomly by Dane Zorko, but uh, straight away there are apologies all around. Um, the AFL, I believe, is investigating the incident, but uh, yeah, that was pretty unsavoury, uh, what happened at the end of that game Friday night, with the Brisbane Lions getting smashed by 10 goals as well. I don't know what Zorko is doing, going and making those comments when his team's getting completely handled. Well, if that's correct, and Harrison Petty's mother is suffering from cancer, yeah, I, I, that, that's disgraceful, and he should be suspended and, and put out of the game for a few weeks at least. Now, I, I don't know whether that's correct, but if what Shimo is saying is, this is just not a fine, sweep it under the carpet, let's all move on, apology accepted. Because that's, that's affected this young boy and affected him heavily. Yes. And on a sporting field, you should never be subjected to that. Mm. Yep. That, uh, 
the AFL, yes, very much investigating that. So we'll see what comes of that. Uh, hero Nico Hines, signing of the decade. Villain, very elegant owners. Maybe Waller knows what he's doing, says the Stanmore Stinker. If you're just tuning in, finished uh, last in a field of seven overnight. Very elegant in its European debut. A group one over the 2,000 metres there at Deauville in France. I suppose very elegant owners just went, well, let's go and chase something different. They want to win the Arc de Triomphe. Uh, but, uh, so they've sent it over to French trainer. Uh, hasn't started well, but they're the you know the gambles you take sometimes as owners. Uh, Clarky, this is these are the sorts of decisions you could be facing one day. Oh. Which races around the world to chase, and after you've Please. won multiple Group Ones and Everests, etc. So just mm. uh, just no, it just can go wrong. So you're going to be faced <laughs> with these sort of decisions. But uh, anyway, that's one more debate for you when uh, when we get closer. But you, pretty you wild just... won't be going overseas. Put it that way, you know. Oh, there you go. If anything, she'll be coming to my backyard. <laughs> Kelsey Lee wants the rider. <laughs> <laughs> We've got. Give us a call. Thirteen fifty three fifty three. Paul. Good morning. How's it going, fellas? Not too uh, bad on a Monday, mate. You got a hero on villain? Yeah, hero. Uh, the girls watching the Knights and the Broncos play yesterday. The girls. Oh, Newcastle. Uh, they're 32-14. They won, didn't they? And they they've made some astute buys, and they're going to be a threat in the NRLW competition. Yeah, in particular, Jess Southall. She was 17 years old. It was the first game at top level rugby league. Uh, she's a, she's going to be a New South Wales Origin halfback, no doubt. She was amazing. Yeah. And uh, the villains. Uh, I, actually, I might even just go to the government authorities or whoever handles this. They're going to start naming and shaming these blokes in uh, putting the death threats out. Yeah, they've got to find a way. Yeah, I they can. couldn't agree more. People who just hide behind these monikers on social media and uh, throw these barbs. Let's and you know they don't put their their photo up or their names, anything that could identify them. It's as gutless as it gets. Yeah, yeah, no, get them and uh, no, they've got to name them and shame them publicly. You got to you got to view the consequences of what you do. Mm. That's it. Yeah, I, I, thinking about that, I think you, we need to find out, um, you know, obviously who they are because you, I don't know whether you need to be naming and shaming if it's a, yeah, a, a young person, say eleven or twelve or thirteen years of age. I, 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 so I, I think you know why you need to be able to to name and shame people. Got I, to, I think mm. you need. We still need to be careful depending on what age. Yeah. That's they good, are. That's a good point, Loss. Yeah, but we've got to be able to identify yeah, them yeah, at least. Yeah, exactly. Right. And if they yeah. are that young, they need to be educated. Educated, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Thanks for the call, Paul. Appreciate it, mate. Uh, on the text line, hey boys, my heroes are my son's under tens Division Two rugby league team, Cambridge Park. They scored in extra time to make their first ever grand final. Uh, villains of the South Keyboard Warriors, cheer Ad- Adza, sending that one through. Well done. To the Cambridge Park under tents. Adam Pengilly, good morning to you, mate. How are you? Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. Fantastic weekend of racing and uh, NMO. Fourth group one, dominant performance, great run, great ride, and uh, stole the show there on Saturday. Yeah, firstly, Jared, how many texts are coming bugging me for saying it was a risk there on the weekend? Oh, look, I think at the price, we just wanted to find something around him, but. Geez, a good horse, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's outstanding, isn't he, Jared? And to, to win Group 1s as a two-year-old, a three-year-old, and now a four-year-old, it's a very rare and elite club. And he joins that club now at the moment. And 
just a peach of a ride by James McDonald. He obviously had a few favours from Barrier One in a race where a lot of horses wanted to find their feet and get back in the second half of the field. But he showed that customary dash to, to sprint clear up their eyes there and, and won fairly comfortably. So he's a genuine rock star. Um, I thought there on the weekend his price was a little bit skinny. I wanted to find something to beat him. But Duff, I think, made him his best bet of the day and said he should be odds on. He got it 100% spot on. So, And I want to tip of the, tip of the cap as well, Jared, to, to Goodolphin, because it'd be very easy for them to retire him after his three-year-old season and send him to start and say, OK, he's done the job winning group ones as a two- and three-year-old. But they're an organisation that likes to race on their colts in their four-year-old season. They've got an earlier award now. I can't wait to see what he does for the rest of the campaign going towards the Cox Plate. So he's a superstar uh, off the beaten brigade. Obviously, Fangirl's an enormous run from back near last there in a race where they went pretty slow in the middle stages. She's right on track for the Epsom. I thought Benno was fantastic, wasn't he? A little grey horse just poking his nose through the ruck there. He's on track for a race like the Metropolitan. And even Profondo, who had to travel wide in the run, albeit on a pretty moderate tempo. He's back in the ballgame now, isn't he, after the after a pretty average autumn carnival. But uh, take nothing away from Animo, genuine star of Australian racing. Can't wait to see him for the rest of the campaign. And James had another winner there with Zapateo as well. Yeah, she's a really nice mare, isn't she? was uh, very lightly raced for, so far in her career, and she just showed her true colours there coming back and, and winning the toy show on the weekend. Another horse with a really wicked turn of foot, and once she was sort of angled into a bit of clear running, she was great, so... Uh, don't know what they'll aim at later in the carnival, but um, yeah, she, she, she's a really nice mare. Want to follow her out of the meeting. Jamea was good back on dry ground, obviously, in that race, but uh, yeah, take nothing away from Sapatay. It was a big day all round for the Godolphin stable. And showmanship was superb in the show county, just uh, reeled in prime candidate. Yeah, just from keen to follow this horse, Jared. He's obviously had a checkered career. He was great over in Western Australia. I think he won 70, 70 of his first eight starts for Bob Peters over there in the West, and then obviously had a long, long layoff and came back on a Warrnambool carnival in the Wongoom. and uh, almost won that race after what was almost two years off the scene. So he's a very talented horse. And I just knew on the weekend they will up whether to run in Melbourne or Sydney and they decided to come to Sydney. I thought, OK, uh, they got him spot on here. And the money was right there. He was obviously well-backed. And I'll tell you what, for a while, it looked like he wasn't going to really in prime tenor, but once he went through his gears, he was he was really strong. So I'd imagine probably getting out to seven furlongs, maybe even a mile later in his campaign. We, we don't know yet. That might be right up his alley. But uh, yet another very nice horse for, for Bob Peters over here on the East Coast. Did you see the runner very elegant last night? Yeah, I did, Loz. I did. I didn't stay up to watch the race, I must admit, but I got up early this morning and watched the replay, and I must admit, when I saw the result, my, my heart sank. Um, there's been a lot of debate about whether she'd go over to Europe and, and if they're doing the right thing with her. And, and to be fair, there was probably some excuses in that race there last night because they did go extremely slow in the first 1,000 metres. So she's back there near last, and she probably didn't finish off the race too badly, but the fear is that after the autumn carnival she had where she showed signs where she wasn't quite at her best and was tapering off a little bit, now the toll of travelling to the other side of the world Maybe her best days behind her. I'm sure the owners will take stock and, and have a bit of a chat about that run last night with the train, the French trainer over there, and maybe decide to have one more crack. But, geez, boys, I desperately hope they don't race her on too long and she, she fails in sort of another two or three runs over there because they'll just be, you know, take the gloss off her career. And we don't want to see champions go down on a bad note. Um, that was probably a subpar run there last night. I suppose the jury's still out. But, yeah, I just hope they don't race her too long because she had an enormous career. She owes her owners and owes Australian racing public nothing. But we still want to see our champions race well. And I'm just, I've just got this fear that she might be tapering off at the moment. Uh, now, in footy on the back page, you've written about, uh, well, James Tamo and uh, that the Tigers may fight his charge. So he at least gets a final game for the club. Uh, he hasn't got a contract for next year. Gee, it's going to be a struggle for them to get a da- downgrade on this, though, isn't it, Adam? Yeah, you'd think so, Jared. But that's that's one option they've got available to him. And given he's probably unlikely to play again next, next year, hasn't made a final call on that, and the Tigers haven't offered him a contract yet, there is the only option of going to the judiciary and trying to seek a downgrade to a grade two, which then 
he can enter a guilty plea and only serve a one-week suspension and potentially play in a farewell game at Leichhardt Oval against the Raiders. So, but you're right, it's going to be hard, isn't it, Jared? <laughs> to get a downgrade from that. He, it was just completely out of character for James. I've had a little bit to do with him in the game, obviously, across many years now. And he's, I know a lot of people say this, but he's genuinely a lovely, lovely person. You wouldn't meet one of a, a nicer player in the game. He's free with his time with fans and corporates and media. He's, he's an outstanding human being, and he just snapped there on the weekend, didn't he? He just lost his cool. The frustration was just far too much. And I, I do feel sorry for him in the respect that, you know, he was a guy who, who was part of that Penrith team, which was building something really special. He led them to the 2020 grand final. And unfortunately, after he's left that club, they've, they've won a premiership last year. They're on track to win another one this year. And he's been battling it out and slogging it away, trying to lift the Tigers from the bottom of the ladder without much success. So there's probably a lot of frustration. I hope that's not the end of him in terms of his NRL career. It's not his last act on the rugby league field, but I do think it's probably going to be pretty hard for him to get a downgrade at judiciary if they go down that path. What did you make of the footy overall on the weekend? There was five games where there was big blowout score lines and another game combined total of 72 points scored in it. Yeah, well, you didn't see the story I wrote late last week, did you? No. I wrote a story saying that this year the competition will be a lot, either, a lot more even. <laughs> <than these next laughs> <level>. Commentator's <laughs> curse. Uh, oh, <laughs> Do you know how much stick I've caught for that the last few um, Yeah. I think it's just a case of teams that are playing in the finals, high on motivation, trying to get ready against teams who are long out of running, stuck up with injuries, lost a lot of motivation, and as a result of a crazy weekend that we've seen. That purely, I, I put it down to that. The, the gap between the haves and the have-nots we know is... It's fairly wide at the moment. It's been exacerbated, obviously, this round, heading towards the finals. And the, the footy wasn't great, was it, was to watch on the weekend. It was very hard to stay tuned. After a, a great opening for the round with Penrith and South on Thursday night, it, it dipped markedly. And um, I'm still keen to see how this top eight plays out. Uh, there, there is a scenario, boys. I don't know if too many people are talking about it. We've all been raving about the Roosters and the Rabbitohs and how good a form they've been in. And they could be premiership threats. But... They've both got pretty tough games this week. The Roosters have got to go down to Melbourne to play the Storm, obviously, and South have got to play the Cowboys. They're still vying for that top two spot in Sydney. If they both lose this week, there is a chance we're going to be playing against each other next week at the opening of the new Sydney Football Stadium where the loser might miss out on the top eight. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, the, the only thing I would say, possibly, uh, the Raiders would have to win by plenty right. because the for and against with the Roosters and the Rabbitohs is a lot superior to what the Raiders have. Yeah, but they're only one game behind. So if they win both their last two games and say... Roosters yeah, if they lose both their games, but yep. do you think they'll lose both? Oh, I, I'm not... I know there's a chance, I suppose, but... I'm not saying yeah. they will, but there's a chance. Like, there's no, that's no mm. gimme for the Roosters down no. against the Storm in Melbourne and Cowboys are playing well against the, the Rabbitohs, mm. obviously. So, um, but can you imagine that? Imagine we got to the opening of the new SFS or Allianz Stadium and, and both teams are playing for the last spot in the final. That would, that would be something to watch. Yeah. At halftime yesterday, it didn't look good for the Raiders, though. No, well, I must admit, I, I, I didn't see much of the game, Loz. I was going to on covering the Dragons and Titans game, but um, they're, they're just doing enough, aren't they, Loz? They're, they're not playing great. Football. Oh, they're not. No, nah, the second half, they played a bit better, but that first 40 minutes, I was thinking, oh, geez, our season's going to be over. But are you confident, Loz? have got Manly and Tigers in the last two weeks. Like, Manly can't pick oh. their feet up at the moment, and, and neither can the Tigers. I know, but you know what? I, I don't know why. I don't know why it is, as a supporter, you, can't you always feel confident playing against lesser-ranked teams. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, if they were playing against a, a more credentialed team than, uh, you know, a Manly or the Tigers to finish the season, I, I, I'd be... Like, if you are playing a, a Broncos or a mm. Eels or... You know, I, I'd, I'd be more confident than what I would 
playing a man. Yeah, something about There's the something Raiders. about just playing those yeah. teams that are below <laughs> you. They've got nothing to play for. I'd never be confident as no, a Raiders fan. No, they no. can find a way to make the winnable losable. Oh, anyway. anyway. Adam, you have a great day, mate. Thank you. See you, boys.